2: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: You are listening to Rumbunter Radio. This is episode number eighty-five. Trey and joined with Noah Wright tonight. Noah, it has been a fun month of July so far. Is- get into it here yeah really a fun month of june as well as we kind of wrap that up the pirates and the yankees squared off this week just a two-game set pirates got a game to much uh, of the nation's surprise they're now six and two against the dodgers and the yankees this team gets hot when they play the right squads here noah want to know how you're doing as we start the episode tonight i know you have a lot of great content out right now on rumbunter.com and that is why you guys need to go check it out go to rumbunter follow us on twitter as well at rumbunter but as we get into the show tonight, Noah, how are you doing? And uh just your
2: thoughts on these last few weeks of Pirates Baseball. Doing great. Thank you for calling my stuff quality stuff. I appreciate that. But uh, you know, just seeing the pirates beat a World Series contender again, it's always satisfying, especially when the crowd is more Yankee fans than pirate fans. Yeah. to me, that was to me, taking one game of the series in front of that kind of crowd was it's just always super satisfying when there's more of the away team fans than the home team fans. Winning any game, that's just so there's something just so fun about it,
0: <laughs> dude. It's it's amazing to think that you know in front of a, a half like you said split Yankees Pirates crowd, they were able to pull out game one at least, uh, and you know it was incredibly special for a lot of different reasons. One of those reasons, Jameson Tyone made his return to PNC Park. And and like you said, in front of a lot of fans, a lot of Yankees yeah. and decent Pirates crowd, fans, uh,
2: decent crowds.
0: Yeah, talk about you know what you think this night meant to Jameson, what it was for the, the city of Pittsburgh, and you know overall what the Pirates did to to find a way to get that win over Tyone.
2: See, I, I still love Tyone because I just I just kind of I just always I've just always felt bad for him because I mean the kid has Tommy John surgery. and, 2013 and misses the rest of that year. And most of 2014, he comes up in 2016 and he starts looking at it like that guy. We, we all thought he was going to be. And then, you know, the year later he has the cancer and that's just terrible. You know, that just sucks all the way around and then comes out 2018. And again, looks like that guy that everyone was looking for and thought that he could be that ace. And you know, he, next year i mean it just seemed like he couldn't catch a break with it just seems like he couldn't catch a break but you know i'm happy he's over in he's over in new york doing pretty solid there he i mean he's in a stacked rotation he might not be the best pitcher in that but hey you know he has a 363 era but and that's in a rotation when you have a bunch of aces 363 might not stand out but in the end it's still gonna get the job done but i'm happy for him but i'm Oh, but I'm more happy that we got the win <laughs> that day.
0: Yeah. Great to see him get at least one there. They did split the series one to one. And, you know, game two uh, got a little bit out of hand there 16 to nothing, but 11 runs in those last two innings there really made it lopsided at the end. But it's been fun, Noah. I know it's been a while since we talked. Haven't talked since the O'Neill Cruz call up yeah. in 2022. Uh, you know, just kind of your thoughts on these last few weeks as we get into the show tonight. Um, you know, what's been your favorite part of it all? And, what do you think is the long-term plan for guys like O'Neill, Cruz, Bly Madris, even some of the guys we got to see earlier, the Travis Swaggerties
2: and Lava Pigueros, guys like that? I think we're just starting to scratch the surface of what we're going to see. I mean, you know, we're talking about all those guys, but, you know, what about Mike Burrows, who's at AAA now? He just recently got promoted there. He had a rough. His last two starts haven't been great, but I mean, you know, two starts. And he hasn't pitched that much. Can't really take too much stock in that. Still dominated at Double A, and like every source has said, how great he is. You know, Quinn Priester's back. He's looking pretty good at Double A. Nick Gonzalez will eventually get here. Your there's and Henry Davis just got nominated to the the uh, Futures Game. Yep. Hit him and who was the other? Do you remember the other guy? I think yeah, will oh, yeah, Burroughs. So, you know, you got all those guys in the upper minors and other ones like we said, Swaggy already, who made his debut. G1 Bay is still there and he's dominating. He's just absolutely tore up AAA pitching. Kyle Nicholas has done really good at double A. He's another, he's one of the other guys we got in that Stallings deal. So, I mean, you got all these guys that in the upper minors and there's more i'm probably forgetting you know carmen Majinski, uh tyon thomas who's coming off of a pretty pretty good uh stretch i saw someone posted in our chat that in the last month in over, just over the last month he has like a 216 era and 18 strikeouts in 15 innings as a reliever i mean that's you got you got a lot of talent in those upper the upper levels of the minor leagues. There, i mean it started it's starting to look a lot brighter. You're starting to see that you're starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel per se.
0: Oh yeah. It's starting to form. I mean, this is it's been a long wait. You know, we we we've been waiting since 2020, is when we I would like to think started this rebuild officially. Yeah. The, the reign of Ben Charrington at least. And, you know, he's had two drafts now and he's really gotten to put his plan into work. Um, you know, and, and we're starting to see it, but it takes time. And that being said, you know, you need guys like the Jose Quintanas of the world, the veterans that you can get on short-term deals. Uh, You know, Jose Quintana was the pitcher for the Pirates that night, the opposer of Jamison Tyone, and had a thrilling start. He has been amazing this season, Noah. And I know this is a guy that you might want to see return to Pittsburgh. He will be a free agent after this season. What are your thoughts as we slowly approach this trade deadline on guys like Jose Quintana? Uh,
2: I personally love Quintana, and I would – I want so badly just to extend him to like a two-year deal, get him for a 2023 and 2024. Maybe throw in like a player option or a team option or something in there, a cheap even a team option or something for 2025. And I mean, I I know I I understand that Quintana is not a young kid in baseball terms. You know, he's I think he's 30 he's 32 or so. I'm not I'm not sure on his uh, exact age, but I mean. in, I mean, he's not young. You also got to consider he's 33 now and he'll be 34 next year. He's not young. You got to consider the last few years, you know, injuries, underperformance. He's, and it's like, how much longer are we going to, are we going to bet on this half season that he's back to being the Quintana was with the, in his early days with the white Sox? or it's kind of a, you understand that risk there, but Oh, I just love to have that kind of pitcher, even if he's not the, you know, 337 ERA guy, he is, you know, maybe a 380 or so ERA. I still like him back because I think we need that rotate that uh, veteran rotation anchor to, you know, a pretty young pitching staff, you know, Contreras, uh, Zach Thompson, Brew Baker. Those guys are pretty Keller. I mean, it's a bunch of pretty inexperienced guys who only have a year or two under their belt and having a young rotation anchor. Eventually, when guys like Priester, Nicholas, Majinski, Bolton come up, you know, it's nice to have just that guy that you can be like, all right, he's going to go out and give us six innings or something today. And, you know, I understand we're going to probably trade him, but, I mean, I just, I still, that doesn't change the fact that I would rather see us extend him.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think at this point, you could at the deadline. would probably be the, the wisest move, but I get where you're coming from as well. It would be great to have that veteran, to have that guy to kind of mentor these young pitchers. There's a lot of them. And that being said, you know, we look over to game two. Mitch Keller is putting together a nice start until things start to unravel there. What are your thoughts on Keller at this point in the season? We're seeing a better version of him, but, you know, is this good enough at this point?
2: I mean I Keller is to me the most frustrating pitcher I personally have ever watched cuz he shows this you know he'll go out there and pitch six five or six really good innings one start and then he'll go out the next start and then struggle. I I I have been probably Keller's biggest fan since he got to the big leagues and I have said before that I am not going to jump off the Mitch Keller train until he is out of the major leagues, and that hasn't changed yet, so not doing it. I'm still going to root for Keller, and I am going to... He might frustrate the hell out of me, but I mean, it is what it is. Even if he turns into a solid back-of-the-rotation guy, I'll be perfectly fine with that, but I would love to see him reach that ceiling that we all know he has, because it would just be nice to have another really quality pitcher in the rotation, obviously. But you get the... He added that sinker, and he's looked better with it so far. He hasn't looked like the all, like an all-star, but it would just be nice to see him work on that sinker and get it to the point where it's a very, very, very reliable pitch. So we'll see what happens with him, but I'm still going to root for him regardless of what happens. <laughs> oh, no doubt. I mean, this is a guy that
0: has tried incredibly hard to change things and to improve, especially this past offseason, and we've seen a little bit of it. And, you know, as we kind of crawl through this season, I think the opportunities are continuing to, you know, to be there for him. But, yeah, I think Keller, um, you know, it's one of these guys that they will work with, though. And I, I hope he figures it out all the way, even if we get a little bit better version of this. I think it's improvement and it's hope for the future. Uh, You know, but as we look kind of towards the deadline now, Noah, maybe talk about some potential trades for a guy like Jose Quintana or maybe other Pirates an early deadline preview here who do you see the pirates being most interested in trading with which teams maybe even players that you have in mind we're gonna go and do a a whole deadline preview here in about a month but as we kind of start to look in an early preview what do you see happening in the beginning of august
2: definitely i definitely think ben gambles out the door i mean i love gamble i like him but let's look at the outfield right now yeah brian reynolds I'm just going to say right now, I don't want to talk about Brian Reynolds because I don't think he's going to get traded there. The Pirates haven't traded a guy who's both younger than 30 and had more than three years of control left. And I just don't see Reynolds training. That's a discussion for another day. But I mean, you got Brian Reynolds in center. Who's finally turned it on, t- turned on the jets last month. He's been great. Jack Suwinski, Who's leading the lead national who's leading uh, rookies in home runs. You got, you got uh Blimey in right field, you got Kyle Mitchell and Travis Swaggerty at triple A, and you have G1 Bay who's played a lot of outfield this year. I mean, I I understand Gamble's a good guy and a decent player, but that's but he's not you know, he's not a Mike Trout, he's not he doesn't have this irreplaceable level of production. And, you trade him, get some stuff back, you call and you call up Mitchell again, or you call up Swaggerty again, and let them and then let them take over the regular take over his role. How about Tatum Smith and Jigba,
0: even? Yeah, to get healthy, yeah. obviously, but you know, you look down the road, I think that's a, a fair assessment there because I don't think Ben Gamble, like you said, for as much of that veteran presence, good guy presence that he brings is going to be worth it with all this talent down there.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's just kind of like a well. We don't need him. You know, it's not an absolute need, but yeah, it's with all the talent coming up. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the E to me he's the easiest guy to trade. Cause he's his overall offense is irreplaceable. And we got guys in the minor leagues who are demanding right now to be called up. Like there's like Swaggerty Mitchell and Bay right now have nothing left to prove at triple A. If you ask me, they have to get called up here at some point.
0: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I, I think it's, going to be tough because it's been an amazing comeback story if you want to call it that for Ben Gamble over these last two seasons but uh, you know his time with Pittsburgh may be coming to a close here at the end of July and August Uh, you know as we kind of look down the road even further here Noah what do you see happening in the draft even closer I guess really on July I believe the 19th is when it begins and we're going to do a special for that one as well but I'm not sure if we'll see you before that Noah just kind of your thoughts on what the Pirates are thinking strategy wise Maybe even just a little big board. What you got
2: here? So, I mean, everyone's having the Pirates draft a college guy fourth overall, and to me, that's really frustrating because I think the best talents in this draft are high school guys. I love Tamar Johnson. Like I wrote, I did my mock draft for the like the most recent one, and I had Tamar Johnson. I really, I want the Pirates to pick Tamar Johnson fourth overall. This guy has. Had the a scout compared him to Vladimir Guerrero Sr. in terms of bat to ball skill and Wade Boggs in terms of plate discipline. To me, plate discipline and ability to hit the ball are two of the most important, two of the best ways you can identify whether or not a guy is going to be good. If he can draw walks and avoid strikeouts, so to me, he's like he's perfect to me. Not only that, he hits for power and he's a decent middle infielder. It's, it's, I, and everyone says, oh, he's going to fall past, you know, the top three. I would love for us to pick him. And I I mean, I'm not going to be upset if we pick, if we pick Brooks Lee and it is what it is if we pick him, but it's just like, I really, I I would much rather have Johnson at that fourth hole. Do you think those are the
0: only two? I mean, what do you think I guess is the best case scenario and the worst case scenario for the Pirates at that number four slot?
2: So best best case scenario would be in the event that the teams in front of us decide to go underslot and we somehow get Drew Jones. Drew Jones is probably everything I've looked at, everyone seems to agree that he's the best, he's the best draft prospect right now. I mean, he has the pros he has the pedigree, he has the bloodline, he has the he's done phenomenal in high school you know this he looks like a superstar already and i know that's kind of like a that's kind of like a cheap way of cheap way of analyzing a guy but i mean the dude just looks incredible and yeah. he's probably gonna go number one if not number two so it's i would love him to for him to fall here and but yeah, it's it's probably i've kind of accepted it's probably not gonna happen Worst case scenario is probably to me is like if we went underslot with Jacob Barry. Jacob Barry's still a great hitter, but it's, but I mean he's a first mini project him just to be a first base DH only guy. I mean yeah. I mean I love the bat, but it's like can you really go with that? I mean if we go underslot, I guess. And that worked under going underslot worked great last year. We got Salomadto, Chandler, yeah, um, I mean. Bishop and White Jr. Because we decided to go with with david with davis but i mean davis can kind of he davis can kind of play catcher and jacob barry can only play first base to yeah. me it's there's a massive difference between that and i know barry is a guy that could hit 300 with like 35 home runs but it's like he's only going to be a first base designated hitter And i think you got to try and find a little bit more value than that at number four
0: yeah i mean four is a lot different than one, too. Like, last year, you have 1-1. One, one. You can almost turn that into three picks, and that going under slot there just made so much sense. Um, This year at four, <coughs> you know, it, it makes it a little bit harder to, to kind of use that strategy, I think, for Ben Sherrington. But, um, you know, if you talk about that best-case scenario and the potential for maybe a guy like Drew Jones, the Orioles – are a team that could go under – or yeah, excuse me. The Orioles are number one. They're, they could go under slot there. Then you got number two is the D-backs, another potential to go under slot. And, um, you know, then you have the Rangers. They might go at their slot value, but there's a potential for it. No, I don't think uh, we need to be giving up on Drew Jones quite yet. Yeah, And even, um, you know, some of these other guys, Elijah Greens, that are going to be taken in the top ten. You can't go wrong, uh, but it would be I- – I'm right there with you. I think it would be amazing if they could secure – Termar Johnson, he is uh one of my favorite players out of this out of this class, out of high school there in Atlanta. He's uh, my nomination.
2: He's he's my favorite too.
0: Has to be. I mean, there's so many there's so much talent in this draft. This draft is a lot of fun it's a
2: very it's a very high school heavy draft. You know, when was the last time you saw like the top five guys all being high schools? You got Drew Jones, Jackson Holiday, Elijah Green, and Termar Johnson. That's oh yeah! Very ta- That's a very, very good group of high school high school talent.
0: Yeah. It makes <sighs> it so much more fun. You may have guys like Justin Crawford, or even the uh, you know the Cam Colliers of the world. There's a lot of high schoolers in this draft. Even guys like Jackson Ferris that have slid. This is going to be a fun draft, um, and we're going to have a whole preview on it. Like I said, a little bit later as we creep towards it near the uh, middle to the end of the month there. But Noah, as we move it along here on Real Radio. Got to direct everybody back over to the website. I know you have a bunch of articles out right now, and so does the rest of our staff. This is the heart of the season, so go check it out, guys. Um, we're going to be talking about the draft a lot and this deadline as well. Um, but, you know, as we kind of look to this week and a little bit more to the big leagues again here, Jason DeLay comes up for the second time, his second appearance. On Thursday, gets a hit in game number one there. Really special moment. driven in a run. Yeah. Talk about, uh, you know, what you expect out of Jason DeLay the rest of the season and, you know, the the timeline on – how long we see him.
2: I kind of want delay to stay here for a while because I think delay is a good defensive catcher. And to be honest, I kind of see a little bit of stallings in him because he's kind of like the guy that's, you know, he ain't doing good. Tr- he ain't doing great with a bad triple A, you know, he's kind of just there for his defense, but he is he does have that defense, and you know Stallings can't necessarily will bounce around as kind of that you know third string catcher, last catcher on the forty man roster for a while. Got DFA'd here and there, and look at how good he did in twenty nineteen, and look at what we got out of him at the in the offseason. I mean, I'm not saying that Delay's absolutely going to be the next Jason, Jacob Stallings, but I mean, I would. But I mean, I kind of see the trend going on there. I would love to see it happen.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think it could be a guy that sticks around for a little bit. I would love to see it, too. Jason DeLette gets his first uh, major league hit. Save that baseball, of course. It'll be fun to see if he can stick around for a while. Uh, but you kind of touched on it there, Noah. The Futures game coming up. Part of All-Star Weekend in Los Angeles, Henry Davis and Michael Burroughs selected from the Pirates. To be a part of the game this year, talk about uh, you know what what your thoughts are on these two and maybe some other guys around the league. Anthony Volpe is the world; these guys that got you excited for this year's futures game.
2: So uh, I'm just happy to see Burroughs there because I want him to succeed. I want him to succeed so badly. And going into this year, I had the same concern everyone else is Like, well, that third pitch—I don't know how he's going to do in the upper minors. You know, he only has two pitches right now. That changeup's like a work in progress. I don't know what he's gonna do now. I don't know how that he's gonna fare against double A batters and eventually triple A guys. And he's proved everyone. He's proved that he can sharpen that pitch up. And it's the changeups look good this year. He's always he has been a spin rate darling. He has that high spin rate curveball and fastball, and those pitches have always looked great. So it was always a cha- question of well, is a changeup ever gonna come along? it looks like it's come along and everything if you read anything about him it's you know it's always positive is like this guy's probably the one of the best pitching prospects that pittsburgh has this guy should be a top 100 prospect and you know if you ask the if that third pitch is really out where everyone's saying it is i don't see why he wouldn't be
0: i'm right there with you i've been <laughs> excited to see him make a rise michael burrows of course uh, a friend of the podcast here we uh Love watching him succeed. All of these guys, of course, but excellent to see him get that call to the Futures game. But some other roster moves this week is uh, Yuri De Los Santos makes his return. Anthony Benuelos as well is selected. Your thoughts on these two moves and, uh, you know, any other roster moves that caught your eye this week? I've always liked,
2: I've always liked De Los Santos. I think he kind of flies under the radar because if it weren't for Bednar, I think he would be our best option for the ninth inning. But I still think he's gonna be the long-term eighth inning guy, unless we add somebody in the off season or at the deadline, which may not at the deadline. Could see it in the off season because there's a decent amount of relief pitchers. But I even even then, I think you make a good. Ch- I think he's a good guy to rely on for the eighth inning long term. He's young. He has that mid nineties sinker, fastball, slider. I I like. I've always liked him because I think he's good uh, i he's just kind of always flew under the radar on prospect lists cuz he's a relief pitcher relief pitchers always never get too much attention from from prospect evaluations so i think he's a decent guy we can rely on long term benuelos i mean it just kind of seems like he's here just to say hey you know what what we have to lose in giving giving him a shot i'm i I'm, I'm rooting for him because he's a former prospect and who knows maybe you find something in him but Yes, this game did not look great. So we'll see what happens from here from here on out. He's been up and down a lot of the last a, a lot in his career. He debuted in 2015 and has appeared very sporadically. So it's kind of a who knows what he has. We'll just see what we'll just see because we have the opportunity to give him a shot.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a why not deal, like you said. But good to see him get the opportunity here, and uh, you know we'll kind of see how that shakes out. No, as we begin to wrap it up tonight, we do our minor league minute each week your thoughts on the minor leagues and um, you know, anything else, maybe your, your favorite minor leaguer of the week, or maybe your favorite team of the week, just kind of your thoughts on the minor league minute.
2: So it might not just be for the week, but I've liked what Carmen Majinski's done the last handful, his last handful of starts last year. He had an okay year, not a great year. Just kind of did decent, nothing stand out. He got a lot of strikeouts. He, overall, he did okay with Greensboro. He was injured here and there, but he's come out this year and, you know, he came out of the, the gates this year and it was like, oh shit. You know, it was like, well, I, I hope he didn't bust on that. I hope we did not just pick a, you know, bust on that pick because came out and gave up like nine or 10 runs in 11 innings. And it was like, it, it was worrying some, but in his last handful of starts, he's looked really good. He has a three forty ERA, three twenty seven FIP in his last eleven starts. So, I if I had to pick some guy a guy to be the minor league our minor leaguer of the week, it'd be him because he's looked great the last handful since since late April. So, I, I hope he does. I think he's a guy that could really secure a spot in this rotation long-term. I think he's a guy that flies under the radar. When you talk about Pirates pro- pitching prospects, you know, we talk about Priester all the time. We talk about Burrows all today. Majinski just kind of is there and he's doing good. He's, doesn't, he's not super flashy because he doesn't have that 100-mile-an-hour fastball or 100-mile-an-hour sinker or that wipe-out slider that breaks from one batter's box to the other. But you got this guy that goes out there, gives you six innings and six innings of good ball and gets the job done.
0: Yeah, that's well put. I mean, he really is entered the organization and rose pretty quickly compared to a lot of these guys here. So we'll see, you know, what what his path looks like. But I think we're going to see him sooner than later. Absolutely. (laughs) And I think he could stick around for quite some time. Noah, as we kind of wrap it up here, your final thoughts on – this series with Cincinnati. What's coming up and, and anything else you're
2: excited for in Pirates baseball the rest of July? I'm looking forward to obviously I'm looking forward to the All-Star game and the home run derby. I like the home run derby personally more than the All-Star game. I know that's an oh, yeah. unpopular opinion. No, I'm but, with you. But I mean, I'm but I'm looking forward to All-Star festivities. Obviously, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to the MLB draft cuz I feel like we're going to do pretty good in that. Ben Charrington's done pretty well in his two drafts so far. So looking forward to that and I'm just looking forward to kicking off the second half. Hopefully we can do a bit better. I mean, we've, I mean, I'm not, I honestly don't think this team is as bad as they've played. I mean, you watch them. The pitching goes out and does its job every night. It's the offense that struggled a lot this year. And, you know, once we get guys like Swaggerty and Bay and some other guys up here, that should at least get a little better, and you'd hope that we'd be, you know, we get more wins in the second half. Because, I mean, honestly, pitching has been, uh, starting pitching at least, has been great the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, relief pitching needs a little work, but we have some guys in the minors coming up. Same thing, and the offense has been, I'm going to say it, offense has been bad, but... It should get better as we bring up some young guys. So looking forward to seeing what we do in the second half, especially now knowing now that Rowanzi Contreras is going to start that first game against the Marlins in Pittsburgh and to kick off the second half to kick off the festivities after the All Star break. It'll be
0: a fitting start having Ronzi on the mound there. And you know, we really the theme of our last episode on Rum Bunch Radio was the fact that Pirates baseball is getting fun again. O'Neill Cruz is here. All these youngsters are coming. And it is making the game a lot of fun again. Noah, thank you so much for coming on as always. We're going to have other staff writers coming on here in the coming weeks. And I'm going to be rejoined by Marty Leap and Nick Caparosa here real soon. We're going to be talking about the deadline, the draft, the rest of July, and everything else in Pirates baseball. But until then, my name is Trey Yannity. For Noah Wright, this has been episode number 85 of Rum Buncher Radio. Have a great week, everybody. Let's go Bucks.